0: During a discussion about the William & Sandra Bennett Clinical Scholars Program, Dr. William Bennett asked the first recipient of the Bennett Scholars Grant, Dr. Jane Schell, why she chose to go into nephrology. Their ensuing discussion, including Dr. Bennett's look back at very early dialysis care, is compelling and inspiring.
1: Well, let me ask you, why nephrology? I can understand the palliative care and the need, but why nephrology to start with?
0: So nephrology, I always tell um, you know residents that are rounding or people, I'm I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> I yeah. sort of figured out my road when I was already moving my feet, and I did the same thing with becoming a doctor and the same thing with nephrology. I think about my medical school days. I went to UAB, and they had such a strong nephrology program. Mm-hmm. And in my fourth year as a med student. I asked to be on general medicine so I could get good letters, so I could get to a good residency, and I got on nephrology. (laughs) And so I was July of my fourth year of med school, and I was taking care of these inpatients admitted to the renal wards, and I was so impressed by number one, I was already interested in older patients. I had done some research. I had a great mentor at UAB who was a geriatrician. And so I was sensitive to geriatrics and sensitive to their stories and the ways that I could kind of help them with their quality of life. It was always about kind of helping people live better. And then I was impressed that most of those patients were older (laughs) and Mm. they were complex and they really valued their nephrologist. They thought they were their doctor. Then I met my nephrology attendings, some of the most amazing nephrologists that I still remember and and still have the fortune of seeing at ASN, um, but they really valued their patients. They were dedicated to their care, and it wasn't just what their dialysis prescription was. Um, It was their bone disease. It was all of the secondary complications of nephrology. And I loved it, and it it didn't quite come to form until I went to residency, and I started realizing what my interests were and where I was gravitating. And I was at Hopkins and, and had the joy of working with Mike Choi, and that same sort of bond with patients, that excitement about education and teaching, it all came through with nephrology. And so looking back, that's what made sense for me as I thought about what my fellowship would be.
1: Yeah, I think that most people, if they ask themselves why they became nephrologists, it's like that. It's a specialty that you have to be a good general human being and doctor. And One of the things that bugs me about some modern trainees is they're very focused on just dialysis and they're all over the country, but the heart and soul of nephrology is the uh, diseases interacting with that human being and then trying to be the patient's real doctor for everything. And I always, back in my younger days, I actually wrote something about the fact that nephrologists really make some of the best primary care physicians because that's basically what we do and it's a shame that sort of the divorce between primary care and tertiary care is as stark as it has become because um, I think nephrologists I mean you don't lose your internal medicine smarts just because you become a nephrologist and you could manage diabetes and high blood pressure and you know heart disease and everything else perfectly competently, and uh this sort of artificial division into p c p s and everybody else is seems not good for the patient because that means they've seen more than one provider and and it's right. the way the system works, it's sometimes very unwieldy.
0: I agree, and I think that it gets back to why we're having such a drought in terms of interest in nephrology and I think that if we could dig deep into what it is to be a nephrologist, what it is to be a caring physician for our patients thinking beyond the the box that's next Mm. to their dialysis bed, I think that that would instigate a total return and vibrancy towards nephrology you know, I've thought about you a lot in these past year and a half as I've been moving forward with your help, and uh, it was nice to learn about you and your amazing road, and I wonder if you'd share some of your reflections 50 years later as a nephrologist and the things that have really come forth for you.
1: Well, yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting road. I did my fellowship training at the MGH in Boston, and... Uh, um, I remember the uh, transplant service was run by Paul Russell, who was a, a very famous uh, surgeon who was chief of surgery at the MGH for many years. And just watching a new kidney be put into somebody's body and then having it work was incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible that you could do that. And, uh, and so that was sort of the, the dawn of dialysis and and transplantation and you could do so much more for people and so it just it, it's a discipline that always fascinated me and sort of the interesting part and anybody interested in ethics uh, nephrology is the perfect discipline for that because there's so many ethical issues that are brought up on a day-to-day basis that um, right keep
0: you going well you're right and i know i I don't. I know that time is limited. I, that was one of the salient features of your your article that you mentioned when you kind of talked about what it was like when we were, you know, when we had our committees or you know the God committees. Yeah, that no, that about.
1: was horrible. And, and then
0: when it, you think about now.
1: Right. <coughs> Well, one of the one of my memories is seared into my brain is that uh, we had these committees, but the people on the committee often weren't the physicians that had to tell the person that they weren't eligible for dialysis and transplant. And I I remember a young woman who had lupus, twenties. And she had a difficult pregnancy, delivered a healthy in- infant, but her renal function deteriorated and she needed dialysis. And in 1970, if you had a systemic disease, you were not considered eligible for a transplant or dialysis because there weren't any machines and and uh, before Medicare. And uh, you know, I was the one designated to go tell this woman and her husband that she's going to die. And, you know, it was horrible. And so, I don't know. You were sort of, a
0: palliative care doctor.
1: <laughs> I, I was. And, uh, you know, and then there was another woman who the house staff in Oregon took care of this woman sort of on their own time. And we were on call frequently in those days. And, We used to come in and do peritoneal dialysis on her with a a trocar stick every once a week just to keep her going. And finally, she was the one that got on the radio and and led to a local kidney organization that raised money for dialysis patients in the late 60s, early 70s. So it's been quite a journey.
0: The ASN Foundation for Kidney Research commits more than $3 million every year to support cutting-edge studies that fuel today's innovations and tomorrow's cures. The ASN Foundation encourages you to learn more about its grants programs and how you might participate by visiting the ASN website at www.asn-online.org. slash grants.